The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Hello, everybody. It's Betsy Hicks, and I'm filling in for Terry Aranga today because we have an exciting topic for you. This is something that's very dear to me, and of course, the guest is very dear to me. I have as my guest here today Dr. John Hicks, my husband and uh, wonderful medical director of Elementals Living that I run in Delavan, Wisconsin. Dr. Hicks today is going to be talking about uh, such an interesting topic, and that is that of the matrix and basically energy and how energy affects medicine and what does this mean to your health, your child's health, and the future of medicine. Dr. Hicks, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Now, I know you, and I know how excited you lo- much you love talking about this topic because this is something that has been growing a growing fascination for you over the last 10 years. Can you first tell us what is quantum physics and what is the matrix? Well, I, I think sort of the way to understand quantum physics is to realize that the basic physics, Newtonian physics, that... Isaac Newton developed in 1687 was for how big objects in our world work. So gravity fields, force, all of these things. And what what happened is, as technology moved forward, then you started to find atoms and what was going on with them. And what was found was that things on a very, very large scale and things on the very, very small scale do not follow Newtonian physics. So that is sort of where quantum physics came from. Okay. And what quantum physics does is look at the energy and how things are distributed and that things are really not as solid and as fixed as people think they are, that it's really just energy and they exist as probabilities. And and then what is the matrix? The matrix is the energy field that surrounds us and actually surrounds everything in the universe. And it's how everything is connected and how communication happens within your body and between between everyone and everything. So let's let's progressively look at kind of the evolution so to speak of physics and where where did it start and you know where where did it get so off and and, and when when has it started to make the shift to where it is now? Well, where, I don't it think start? it ever got off. I think what what happened is 
there were the things on Earth and Isaac Newton and Newtonian physics, the laws of motion, and that's when modern science began in 1687. Well, what we had available at that point, physics took care of everything and described it and said what will and won't happen, and it was very predictable. So what happened is not that things went wrong, it's just that technology took us beyond the bounds of just looking at the everyday, the desk, the trees, the the apple falling, and took us in to see what atoms look like. And when... When I was first in school, you would draw atoms with a little nucleus and then little electrons flying around it, and they would be in specific what you would say would be energy levels. But what's really happening as you start to look at this much closer over time is that the electrons are probably in this energy space, and we don't know. And the rings around nucleuses are very, very large, and there are probabilities. And not until you really look at them does it get fixed in a place. And I guess that's really been one of the biggest um, things. So if you look back uh, to James Clerk Maxwell in 1687, he developed a field theory in physics and what he proposed was that things that there were a lot of things they were starting to see then that physics, Newtonian physics, could not describe and explain why they were happening. And he and Faraday, what they showed was that the universe is really fields of energy and that these fields interact with each other. So it wasn't you know, this particle doing something to that particle, it was these fields of energy that were interacting. So then there was this big debate over what uh, used to be called the ethers or what's, you know, what's between things. And you look in space and it's dark, but we're seeing these lights from other planets and from other stars. So... Uh, in 1887, Michelson and Morley decided they designed this test. And what the test was, if I shoot a particle straight up and one out uh, along the, uh, do one on horizontal axis, one on vertical axis, then there should be some shift. If there's anything in space, then there should be some drift in one of those, those trajectories. And... They did the math, and it predicted, yes, there's going to be a shift. The problem was, in 1887, the the instruments that were used were not sensitive enough to pick up that shift. So they showed there was no shift, but it was due to lack of proper instrumentation. Did they actually show that? Did they know that they didn't have the right instrumentation for it, or is that just something they figured out down the road? No, that's after the fact. You know, their their big thing was, well, you know, everything predicts that there should be, but this is showing there is no drift, so there is nothing. So then what that really sort of led to in science was that everything is separate and what happens in one place doesn't affect anything in any other place. Mm. So then that's where, you know, the whole 
piece of looking at how uh, how we are separate individuals and what I do doesn't affect anybody else. What I think, what I feel, how I react doesn't affect anyone else. So that's what catalyzed that that belief. Okay. That, right. That's so, where that started, that everything was separate. So then what happened? So, uh, so number one, if there's nothing in space for light to travel through, then you would never see it. So, Isn't that what logic, a black hole is? Pardon? Isn't that what a black hole is? Well, a black hole is that. And what's happening is the gravitational field in the black hole is so strong, it will not let light out. But what's happening in regular space is that there is energy in there. So in uh, 1898, Fingal, he postulated, you know, what would happen if you took, if there was nothing between anything. And his point was that if there was nothing holding things apart, then everything would be compact into the size of a dust speck. So space, there's something in the space, and it's what's keeping everything in its place and not allowing it to just crash and collapse. So that was 1898. Wow, that that is really sophisticated, sophisticated thinking even for that well, time. Yeah. And this is this is sort of the whole thing that's sort of ironic to me. As as we talk about these things and look at these dates, a lot of this stuff happened a long time ago. And what's happened is science has started to shift. Physics, chemistry, now cell biology and regular biology are starting that shift. But we're talking about things from 1900, 1905. So it's been this long, slow process of integration. And medicine, you know, is not really accepting any of this at this point or understanding it. So when did quantum physics first start? Well, the basis of that was in 1900 by Max Planck. And he published this theory that the whole world are bursts of energy called quanta, and a quanta is like a photon. It's an energy packet, and that we experience these quanta or photons in two different ways. One, they can be an absolute thing, so they're they're in a uh, solid form, or they can be as a wave, and the waves you can't really see. So it can be either... The quanta can exist in either of those two uh, states. So either it's a wave or uh, it's a particle. So if it's a particle, it's going to be in solid matter. If it's a wave, you're not going to see it. So this is from 1900. So then in 1905, uh, Einstein really, he showed that uh, time is relative and not absolute, which now changes everything because time was, you use time in all of your calculations to say, well, this is here at this time, it will be here at this time. And for like trains and all that, you can figure schedules and all of that out. But the reality is that time is not uh, that, and it's really, it's, it's, Time and space are together, 
So it's a time-space reality, and uh, Einstein described that as a fourth-dimensional piece. So everything, the time is molded with space around things, and that's sort of when you see pictures that are depicting this, that gives you a feel for what the matrix is like because it's shifting and curving, and it, it envelops everything. So Einstein really, so at 1905, when his E equals MC squared, and he starts this whole thing, he opened this whole thing to quantum physics. And By just he saying never it really liked mention, but it was unexplainable. Yeah. yeah he, he saw it as a black hole. You what know, did he, he call he it? Said, Something like creepy you know, science or what was weirdness. his term for it? Didn't he have like some pet term for this type of stuff that doesn't didn't make sense? Well, he called it quantum weirdness. Quantum weirdness. Right. <laughs> and that things aren't, you know, as we think of things existing and being there and it's, you know, it's absolute. When you start looking at the particles, it's really not absolute. It's it's um it's very independent of that and it's really interesting in nineteen oh nine uh Jeffrey Ingham Taylor before you did, go any further with that, can we take a quick break? Um we're gonna take a quick break. Dr. Hicks will be right back with the study of the matrix and quantum physics. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. And it's Betsy Hicks filling in today for Terry Aranga with guest Dr. John Hicks. 
he's an MD out of Delavan, Wisconsin at Elementals Living. And to get have more information on Dr. Hicks, you can go to elementalsliving.com or like his Facebook page at Dr. John Hicks. Um, Dr. Hicks, let's go back to this um, quantum weirdness that we were talking about with right. Einstein. Well, his, his original description was spooky action at a distance. And sort of the <laughs> reason so he used that is we'll talk about an experiment. Um, and the, this was done in 1909, and then it was uh, redone again in 1997. But originally what happened was they were shooting photons, so quanta of energy, and they would shoot them through a single slit. And as it went through the slit, when it impacted the back wall, it looks, you know, like a particle, the way a particle would do it. So then what they did was they put two slits in there. Well, then that's when the, the really the quantum weirdness, those things really started to happen because in the the photons started to act as waves and they went through both slits and left the signal on the back wall of what a wave would do, not what a particle did. Oh. So then you have to think, well, how did this photon know there were two slits? And the photon really didn't know that. What happened was... What this experiment shows is that the observer actually determined what the photons did because the ones doing the experiment expected this to go through two, two slits. So then in 1997 at the University of Geneva, Switzerland, they did this thing, same thing and they showed, okay, it, it is true. It, when there's a single slit, it acts like a particle. When there's a double slit, it acts as a wave. And then what they showed was that um, the more people that were observing, the bigger the result. Really? Yeah. And then what they did was they took photons and split them into identical twins and separated them. So that they were separated by a distance and... Like what kind of a distance? Like a couple feet or... Well, some were feet, some were like 50 feet, some were 75 feet. And what they did was the two twins were identical. So you have this one quanta of energy that's now split into two identical twins, separated with a distance... And what they showed was if you make one of the twins do something, the other one simultaneously, as soon as you do it, does it. Wow. So they were communicating with no way to communicate. And what that's called is quantum entanglement. In other words, when, you, when anything is a part of something else, there is this communication that no matter what the distance, it's instantaneous from one to the other. So when you, when you start thinking about that, 
it really is sort of like quantum weirdness because that means any particles that have ever been together communicate instantaneously over space with faster than the speed of light. And supposedly that can't be. Right, right. But what, what they've done is shown that that happens. Okay. So what have they been able to show more recently? Well, so you look in, I don't know, the, in 1986, E.W. Silvertooth, he was working on a project with the Air Force called Special Relativity, and they had equipment that was launched into space that was capable of picking up what's called subtle energy. And essentially, what they found was there is energy radiating from the center of the universe and that everything within the universe is connected through these energy ties. So you can look back at the point of the Big Bang when everything was in one thing, everything was part of the same mass, and then there was this huge explosion. And that's what created the universe. And at the same time, that's when the matrix was formed so that every particle everywhere is connected through the matrix and that there's instantaneous communication throughout the whole universe. And it doesn't matter whether it's physically connected or not. If it it was at any time physically connected... It, it's always connected? Is that if, what yes. you're saying? If it was ever connected, then it's always connected through quantum entanglement. And then so going back to this whole piece of space is being empty, how, how is that all related to that? Well, what Silvertooth, uh, that, the thing on special relativity, showed that space is not empty. It's full of energy. And it's like these... And energy strands that connect everything within the universe. So let's talk about in, in, in terms of people and and okay. you know the connections that we all have and are we you know why then I mean obviously we're connected to our mother at birth. How are we right. able to separate from that? Well, you you in your physicalness are separated but your consciousness is always connected wow and that's what that's what they probably so call the, the mother's the intuition whole thing of the matrix is it's <laughs> it's consciousness yeah that's amazing to think about well and then in, in that case really a father would be no different because at one point there is a joining of the same energies of the same right. there's still that entanglement with right so for everybody right so, and that's that's why you look at, uh, to sort of go off topic, you look at how prayer works, and that's really the explanation of how that works, Right. because we are all connected. Well, talk more about that, because that's interesting. Well, there have been studies that show that you can really accomplish things through prayer, and that it's at a distance, and you don't have to be in the same place as the person that you're praying for and that they instantaneously receive what it is you're praying for. So 
So it's not like you have to wait. There is no delay in that. And the, some of the latest things when you start looking about prayer and that, the whole idea with prayer is believing, number one, that the answer is given, and then you, having said the prayer, being in the feeling of that gift already received. One, one of my favorite uh, stories about that is uh, a Native American who uh, was, they were in the middle of a drought, and this Native American asked one of his friends to go with him. He said, if you want to go, I'm going to go uh, to an ancient place, and we're going to pray for rain. So the guy was interested, so he went with him. And the Native American, when he got uh, to the circle, it was an ancient uh, medicine wheel, and Nobody knows how old it is, but it's centuries old. And so when he got there, he took his shoes off, and he went and stood in the medicine wheel, and he said a prayer in all four directions like Native Americans always do when they're doing anything. And then he turned his back uh, to the guy who was with him for 15, 20, 30 seconds, and then he came out of the medicine wheel and said, let's go have lunch. I'm hungry. Because they had walked across all this desert. So the guy asked him, you know, I, I didn't hear you say anything. I didn't see you do anything. And he said, it's the prayer isn't the words, but it's the feeling. And he said, what I did was feel the rain in the mud that I was standing in, smelling the rain on the, the Pueblo's seeing the crops growing from the rain, and that was his prayer. So they go away, and later that day it starts to rain. Well, over the next five days they have lots of rain. So the guy gets a hold of his Indian friend and says, you know, what's what's going on here? And he said, well, that's the part of the prayer that nobody really explained to me. How do you say how much you want and when to stop? <laughs> Too much of a good thing. So that's, <laughs> that's a story told by Greg Braden, correct? Yeah, that was Greg Braden. Greg Braden tells some great stories. Uh, can you just briefly talk about Greg Braden, a book that you would recommend by Greg Braden? Well, he has several really good books. There's one called The Divine Matrix. And in that, he really goes through a lot of the stuff that we're talking about and then sort of joins that with some other scientific stuff to get a feel for that literally we are actually communicating with the universe and we are creating what's happening. So we have a lot more control. And his big piece is it's really on how we feel and it's the feeling that gets communicated and that's the whole thing with the prayer and how those things work is it's a feeling. And they actually did some experiments with that um, during the Egypt-Lebanon War. And uh, one of the big things that Great Britain talks about is heart coherence. And uh, if you know anything about heart math, our hearts have a coherent beat 
which tends to happen when we feel good, when we're happy, when we're in the feeling of love and peace and things going well, and it's this beat. And the the uh, Taurus energy magnetic field goes out six to eight feet from our body, and then it's transmitted, they think, several miles. But So it's through that that we're communicating with the matrix and the universe. So it's the consciousness, and that's how things you can change things. What about, we, we, I saw a picture recently, it, it's an old picture, it's been around for a long time, of uh, the, the babies, the one baby that almost died. Can you talk about that story? Yeah, the, there were uh, twins, they were preemie twins, and they were delivered. And the one baby had been really stressed and was struggling, and vitals were starting to really fall, and it was having trouble. So this one nurse... Uh, knowing that the baby, you know, had been in utero with the twin and the mother decided, well, what if I take this baby and put it by the other twin? Maybe that will do something. She didn't know. She just tried it. So what happened was when she laid the baby there, the other twin, the healthy twin, put its arm around the other baby. And that baby's vital started to... Uh, stabilize and things started to turn around so it, it's very interesting that that, that, connection. that connection right because it was able to get things beating again all right we're going to take another break dr hicks we'll be right back with right. more of the matrix all right Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Every weekend, take some time out of your schedule for new reflections featuring Dr. Adam Rubenstein. It's a show about all things aesthetic, from skin care to plastic surgery, health and beauty. You'll learn about the aesthetic products and procedures to embrace or avoid. Each show will feature live, virtual, interactive consultations that you'll be able to follow along with and featured guests from the world of beauty and aesthetics. Listen Saturdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, for new reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back. 
to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. And it's Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry Aranga, and I'm here with Dr. John Hicks. Dr. Hicks is an MD out of Delavan, Wisconsin. Can you talk about the um, kind of like what um, the presence of the matrix kind of implies? All right. So the matrix is a field of energy, So, and that implies three things. Since everything exists within the matrix, everything is connected through the matrix. And then if this is so, then when there is something that happens in one part of our lives, it has an effect and influences on other parts. So we're not separate. We're not alone. We're always connected. So, you know, that has been contrary to what's been believed since the 19th century, that everything was separate, nothing in one place affects anything anywhere else. Then the next piece is that the matrix is holographic, and the whole thing with a hologram is that each piece of the hologram contains the whole hologram in it. And when that happens, and when you change one piece, that change is now made in every piece of that hologram. So something... I, I, don't, I have a hard time understanding that. So what, what, is, it, what is a hologram? A hologram is just a projection. It's it's um, projection with a laser, and it looks real. It seems oh. real. Okay, so I for 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 the sim, the simple person's uh, thought, if you go to like a lot of like Universal Studios and Disney World and those kinds of things are doing well, a lot of holographic things. Yeah, there's. Um, there were, for a while, there were holographic uh, bookmarks, and you could look at them, and as you turned them different ways, the thing would sort of come out and right. look at you. So the whole idea with that is, with one of those, if you took that and you cut it into 18 million pieces, each piece would have the whole picture on it. Wow. Okay. All right. So what that means is whatever, so if you do something to one of those pieces of that hologram, it then changes the whole hologram. Everything has that change in it. Okay. Wow. All right. So this is that whole thing with with uh, the universe and its connection is it's holographic, so that means a change here produces a change everywhere. Okay. And then... The, the third piece of this is that the past, present, and future are intimately joined, and it's the matrix that contains and holds time and provides continuity between the choices of our present and the experiences of our future. So everything is intimately involved, and it's being created as we go. Okay. Wow. All right. So if you think about these these things and um, you sort of understand that number one we are connected number two our thoughts beliefs feelings and emotions do affect what happens to us and that we're all connected this has huge implications for what's going on in the world that you know what we do what we believe what we're thinking is impacting not just us but everything around us 
So that that's we, a very scary thought to really think about. I don't want what somebody else is doing to be affecting me. But that's what you're saying, correct? Everything that everybody well, does. It, it's affecting their reality and that does affect you. But it's it's like when understanding that it's your thoughts, your beliefs, your feelings, your emotions that are controlling what's going on with you. Now you're in a much bigger place. So the, they did an experiment during the Israeli-Lebanon war, and this, this was done by the heart math people. And what they did, they had people that were trained on meditating. And what their meditation was focused on was feeling peace. What does peace feel like? Not just the word peace, but how does it feel when there is peace? And they had quite a few of these people. And what they did was they spread them throughout Lebanon and at different times for different intervals during a couple of weeks, they would have them meditate all at the same time. And what they were meditating was the feeling of peace. And what the results were were sort of staggering because emergency room visits went down, person-on-person crime went down, uh, the war would just like come to a halt and stop and everything just quieted down and became very peaceful. And then as soon as they quit, everybody sort of went back to the way they were. So what this is really telling us is that we can influence peace throughout the world, love, we can influence all of those things by really being focused and in coherent heart rhythm, communicating that, and that when you're doing that, it's a very strong vibration that connects actually to the magnetic field of the earth. And when it does that, it starts to spread the effect. And what they what they calculated was trying to figure out what would be the smallest number of people that could start this huge shift and create more and more peace. And it was the square root of 1% of the population. So if you look at like 6 billion people, it's only 8,000 people. Wow. And Dr. Hicks, is this all part of what people are calling now 2012 being a shift in consciousness? Well, I think that's a piece of it and understanding what's going on and that there are more and more people when you sort of look at 2012 and what's happening, what's occurring with uh, the earth and what's occurring with the whole solar system, with the universe in general, that there's, there are time cycles and we're at the end of two different cycles. One is a 5,125-year cycle, and one's a 26,000-year cycle, which is the procession through uh, the Zodiac. So both of those happen. 2012 is just sort of the date that was thrown up. And what they've sort of figured out is that 2012 is when it's it's a 30-year period that this occurs in. So it started in 1986, and it's going to end in 2016. Mm-hmm. But it's the whole thing is pointing at the 2012 is when these big Earth energies 
and universal energy shift because it's the starting over of these cycles. And whenever that's happened in the past, um, there have been huge shifts that take place. So, you know, you, you start reading some of the uh, old religious traditions, what they explain, what the Mayan calendar is trying to tell us, you know, what uh, the Hindu religion tells us. You start looking at these different interpretations of this time, and it's it's a time of big shift and opportunity. I like that. But I want to know now about in effect, effect to health. Does this... Well, the, the whole point is... Does it play with the DNA at all? Yeah, so when you look at some of the other experiments that were done, uh, some couple of Russian scientists, what they did was they put photons in a tube, and what they did was show that when the photons are just in the tube with a vacuum, they're sort of randomly dispersed, and that's what you would expect. So then what they did was put the photons in the vacuum tube with DNA, and what they found was the photons oriented themselves around the spiral of the DNA. So then they took the DNA out, and the effect on the photons was still there from the DNA. So that says our DNA interacts with the stuff the universe is made of, the photons. Wow. Then, then another experiment they did, as another military experiment, they took some cheek cells from soldiers, and they took the cells into another room, and they showed the soldiers' movies or pictures, and the pictures would evoke emotions, uh, either fear or laughter or peace or love. And what happened was the cells from those people in the other room reacted at the same time the people were shown the photographs. Wow. So then they... Then they did it a few miles apart, and it did the same thing. And then the military quit doing it. It was picked up by another group, and they did it across the country, and the same thing showed to be true. That is wild. Yeah, so that emotional piece in those cells are part of you, so they respond to you the way those things do. So in reality, when we look... We are communicating with the universe. Our DNA affects it. Our emotions are very powerful. So from a health perspective, what you believe, what you think, uh, really is going to affect your health. And, you know, the, the DNA effect on the particles, the whole emotion piece, and then the HeartMath Institute in 1991 was what they did was showing the heart magnetic field is 5,000 times stronger than the, the brain's magnetic field, and it's this torus that extends in, in out into the universe six to eight feet from you, and that energy may be projected miles away. And then what they showed was when you're in that coherent heart rhythm, that your DNA actually relaxes and it increases wellness, it increases your immune system's function, 
and it increases a balance in your hormones. And when you don't have that coherence, then that actually tightens your DNA. It reverses immune system function and that affects your hormones. So okay, okay. Well, we need to, let's take a let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back with Doctor. What we're going to talk about when we return is what you can do to help change your health, knowing what you know now. We'll be right back with Doctor Hicks. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Do you know the four major principles to healthy living? If we incorporate these principles in our everyday decisions, we could all live better and healthier lives. Tune in to The Joys of Healthy Living with your host, Dr. Ed Dodge. By tuning in each week, you can learn about the four principles for healthy living and how to incorporate them into your life. Dr. Dodge and his guest experts will share tips and discoveries from every aspect of health. The Joys of Healthy Living is broadcast live every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on voiceamericakids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step Up to the Microphone is an exclusive presentation for VoiceAmerica.tv, where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier, and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at VoiceAmericaKids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to VoiceAmericaKids.tv. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. And it's Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry Aranga at the end of our wonderful show that has been so interesting to learn about the Matrix. Oh my goodness, this is a this is a really heavy subject, and there's so much to know still. Doctor Hicks, what are some of the your some of your teachers into this? What books have you enjoyed on this subject? Well, I would say uh, one of the best ones is Greg Braden, The Divine Matrix. Um, and Doctor Braden, I mean, excuse me, Greg Braden has lots of information on right. uh, YouTube too. Lots of things that you can watch of him yeah, on YouTube, you can, and yeah, you just. Yeah, YouTube him, and it'll come up. Uh, talking about the divine matrix, uh, changing beliefs. He has one on fractal time. Uh, and then I think his latest one is called Deep Truth. And a couple of the famous scientists said that when you displace a truth it, that we've believed for a lot of years, it has to be a deep truth that replaces that truth. And that's really what he's starting to talk about is what are the truths that we're finding today that really can help us help ourselves. And really when you look at what the matrix is showing and what it's generating is that we do control what's going on. So uh, there's another writer called Neville and it's Neville Goddard, but he a lot of the books he wrote in the 40s and 50s have to do with uh, your feelings, um, your reality, and how you change that. Let's and, let's talk about that for a little bit. Let's talk about the feeling because 
it's very interesting. You know, we we as a society have been told to talk about our negativity, to complain, to be, you know, oh, I feel this today, I feel that today. Oh, my child can't do this. My child isn't that. And and every time we are focusing on that negativity, we're just from what you're saying with that connection that we all have with the energy in our bodies we do more damage by the feeling of looking at it the way we don't want it to be. Right. Well, you're perpetuating it because when you think about something you, you don't want, when you think about anything, you're generating that. So if it's something you don't want, you're generating that. If it's something you want, you're generating that. And Neville's big piece when you look at his work is that to have something happen you, number one, have to look at it as if it already is. So when you're health and talking and thinking about your own when, personal health, you right. have to look at yourself and feel yourself as being well. As being well. And, and, and what about if it's towards your child? Well, we each have our own thing. You, you can influence them. And if you look at uh, law of attraction, uh, you can be, when you're in alignment and you're, in this, if you use the heart math piece, this coherent place of appreciation and love, you are a tremendous influence to other people, but you don't create their reality for them. They create their own reality. So we can be an influence to help bring about those things that we want, but we really can't. There is no guarantee that you can do that because unless that person also wants that, it's not going to happen. So I, I think that's where some people really get sort of frustrated. Exactly. And what about with doctors, though? I mean, what, what are doctors' roles in this? I mean, they're, they're looking for what's ill about everybody. Well, you're sort of co-creating the illness. You know, when you're looking for those things, you're you're helping to create those things. And, you know, you can keep looking, and eventually you're going to find something. And, you know, it's that whole thing about the double slit experiment. It was the observers that created what happened. And I think, to me, when you start thinking about that experiment, and this was done a long, long time ago and then repeated and showed what you think, what you're expecting these photon packets to do is what they do. So, so basically we're you really make a study powerful creator. Show whatever you want the study to show. <laughs> based on what your expectation is. Right. So you really have to work. What Neville talks about is the concept of yourself. Whatever you believe about yourself to be true is really what happens to you in your life. So you have to change that. So you have to want that to change. You have to think, what are the things I want? And what does it feel like to have those things? And that's what you focus on, the feeling from what it is you want, not the feeling to get to what you want, but the feeling from that. Dr. Hicks, the other thing that I, I picked up on earlier is you're talking about how we all have this connection. We are going to tune in to the thoughts that we practice the most. Is that correct? I mean, so, for example, right. if, if you don't want to be a part of negativity and, and you want to stay focused on joy and happiness, you are going to find more of that. However, if you are chronically negative and always angry at things around you, you will find more evidence of that. Right. And, and it's really sort of 
what you really believe comes out in how you react to everything that happens to you. You know, if things happen, everything that happens is an opportunity. So you can make it into something good or you can make it into something bad. And it's how you perceive it and how you look at it and what part of that are you going to focus on. Right. And that's really that's really the crux of that. Well, you have a lot of information of this sort on your website, which is elementalsliving.com. And I know you recently started getting very involved with Facebook. Um, my guess is there's probably more than one Dr. John Hicks on Facebook. I know you're wearing a purple shirt. So if anybody <laughs> sees the purple shirt of the Dr. John Hicks uh, with a nice picture of the universe in the background, that's the Dr. Hicks that you're looking for. Uh, because this is this is just the cutting edge. And this is where you believe medicine is going. Well, I, I think this is where all science is going. And it's really been interesting because physics has been there for quite a while now, since the early 40s. Right. Chemistry was the next one to sort of go there. Biology is just beginning, and then I think the health sciences are going to get there eventually. You know, the biggest piece now that they're playing with with quantum energy is the uh, uh, MRI because it's it's raising things a level, and then they drop, and it produces this picture. So there's a lot of things that I think can happen. And it's really empowering each person to realize that they can control what's happening to them. They have the power to heal themselves, and they have the power to be well and do whatever it is they want to do. And, boy, does it come in handy when you have a doctor that believes that as well. Well, it it does a lot. It does make a big difference. the whole way you look at things. Right, right. Um, so, uh, as, as things began to shift, and we all know that if quantum physics wasn't introduced until, well, it was introduced in the 1900s, early 1900s, that it's just now, in the last decade, started to become popular, it, it, may, t- it may take some time. But with, with this shift of consciousness, we are getting more evidence of it, so that right. maybe... maybe well, the rate of that change will pick up, and it'll be faster and faster. Yeah, Right. Right, and so that'll that'll continue to go. Well, this has been wonderful. I, I appreciate your information on all of this, and I know that you've enjoyed certainly a lot of the work that you continue to learn and grow from. Um, the other website that I would recommend that Dr. Hicks, uh, I know that you follow a lot, is that of the Law of Attraction, and your favorite teachers on that are Abraham Hicks, which is Abraham hyphen. Hicks, or you can go to abrahamhicks-hicks.com. Greg Braden also has a great website as well on this. And there's more and more teachers. And what the interesting thing, Dr. Hicks, that we have been finding ourselves is that the the vast amount of teachers saying the same thing, but in just different interpretations of it, is getting bigger and bigger. And it's really wonderful that there have become so many teachers. Right. I think that's all just part of the shift, and it's just it's occurring and it's really good that it is. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Hicks. I appreciate your interview today. For more information, again, on Dr. Hicks, go to www.elementalsliving.com. Thank you to Autism One and their sponsors. We appreciate having the opportunity to talk today. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org.
Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.